All right. Good morning, everyone. Okay, so uh, the scripture reading for our sermon this morning comes from Luke 10, 38 through 42. Um, so I'll begin the scripture reading. Now as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she and had a sister named Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving. And she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things. But one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. This is the word of the Lord. All right. Well, good morning, everyone. I'm Pastor Rich, and uh, I hope you're doing well. If you're visiting us for the first time, I want to welcome you to our church. I'm so glad uh, that you're here. I hope you stick around and, and find a community, uh, especially in such a difficult season for all of us, because I know for me personally, man, this community has been everything to me in the pandemic, and the fact that God is growing it, it's just been really encouraging. But with that being said, right now we're in the Gospel of Luke, as Joanne read. We're about halfway through. And if you've missed any of the sermons, you can always listen um, on Spotify to any, past, uh, any of our past sermons. Uh, but today, as Joanne read, uh, we're introduced to two famous sisters, right? Uh, Mary and Martha. Outside of Jesus' mother, these are the most two famous women in the New Testament, Mary and Martha. And today, we're going to take a look at three things in our text today. First, we're just going to take a look at the context we're going to set this passage up, and then we're going to take a look at Martha, and then we're going to take a look at Mary, all right? So first, the context, all right? Mary and Martha, if you don't know, they're, they're obviously sisters, but they're, they also have a brother. His name is Lazarus. Uh, Lazarus is another well-known biblical character. Lazarus was the brother that Jesus rose from the dead. In the Gospel of John, we're told that Jesus loved Martha and her sister Mary and Lazarus. You see, Jesus had deep compassion. He had a deep affection for this family, for these three siblings. And the sentiment was mutual. In the beginning of our text, it says that as they, the disciples and Jesus, went on their way, Jesus entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And so, you know, Jesus is a missionary. He's going from town to town, sharing the good news of the kingdom, and he's a very proactive missionary. He lives off, because he's moving so frequently, he lives off of the income that their fishing provides, as, you know, he has uh, fishermen as some of his disciples, but also from the hospitality of those around him. So when it says that Martha welcomed Jesus into her home, it means that she, she housed Jesus for a long period of time as he was sharing the gospel in Bethany, in her city. She provided food and housing for him and his disciples. 
So the first thing that we see here in our text, and it's, it's very apparent, and it's almost as if we sort of look past it, we take it for granted, and that is this, that Mary and Martha and Jesus and Lazarus, they weren't just friends, they were family. And in the Roman Empire, back in Jesus' day, in the days of the New Testament, this was really, really uncommon to call someone who wasn't your literal brother, your literal sister, your literal mother or father, your brother and sister, your mother and father. You see, you didn't do this back in the day because the family name was so precious. The family name was so exclusive that as a result, if you had that family name, then you had that status. You could drop that name, right? I am Caesar's Octavian Tiberius. You could drop that name and you have automatic social influence. If you were invited to a dinner party to someone of social status, it meant you were in. And so when Jesus is doing this with random strangers, with people who want to follow him, he is confusing everyone. He is crossing boundaries in that day that you just didn't cross. He was upsetting the entire social order. Because in the Bible, using this language that God is our father, Jesus is our big brother, and we share his status, we share his social circle, his resources, Jesus is adopting us into the family of God, which is the church where the men are like brothers and the women are like sisters. This was revolutionary. Jesus is radically altering and upending the entire civic structure that at the time was the most powerful nation in the history of the earth. You see, when you become a Christian, uh, you're adopted into a family. And the Bible gives you new language to describe your new identity now. It gives you a new family. It gives you a new father. And, and what Jesus is doing in our text today, he is demonstrating um, his new relationship with Mary and Martha and he's demonstrating to us, right, that even though we are not biologically related, if we believe in Jesus, if we follow Jesus, we are brothers, we are sisters. Now, <clears throat> that being said, siblings in general are very different, right? <laughs> How many have a sibling who is very different from you, right? Yes, I mean, come on, you could, don't be shy. It's, we, could, we, could, we could talk back and forth, it's okay. <laughs> um, my brother and I are, are different, okay? I am a loud extrovert. Uh, he is the quietest introvert I, have, I, I know, okay? Um, completely different. And here's Mary and Martha. Martha's the firstborn, she's the older, she's the driver, she has the to-do list. She comes home from school, checks the chores, puts her backpack away. She starts chopping up, you know, uh, stuff for dinner. She has it all nailed down. That's, that's Martha. Mary, you know, she's a free spirit, right? She's talking to people after school. <laughs> she's, you know, making her parents' way. She's looking, losing track of time. She instantly makes you feel safe. She's never the first one to show up, but she is usually the last one to leave. 
You see, the church is a family, and like all families, the brothers and sisters who are different from us, they can tend to annoy us, right? <laughs> Some of you are like, man, I'm going to church. I'm in this community. It's not working, man. They're annoying me. <laughs> That's what you're thinking. It's not working. And I'm here to tell you it is working. That's what you call a family. We annoy each other. We put up with each other. We love each other. We accept each other who's different. And that's what's happening here with Mary and Martha. Martha is annoyed by Mary because Mary is different from her. And you know, that's what a church is. It's a big family with a lot of different kind of siblings. But you know, the second thing we can learn here in our text is that rather than simply being annoyed by each other and you know, forming community groups with people that don't annoy us, right? We can come to learn and appreciate each other. So let's take a first look at Martha. Martha. John chapter 11, if you've read John chapter 11, when Jesus comes to raise Lazarus from the dead, he tells them to roll the stone away from the tomb, right? Jesus is going to resurrect Lazarus from the dead. Do you know what Martha says, though? She says, Lord, God, by this time there will be an odor for there he has been dead for four days. In other words, she's saying, Jesus, he's going to smell. <laughs> Why are you, what are you doing? Like you're going to ruin everyone's sense of smell here, everyone's sensibilities, the way things we do things around here. You see, Martha is the practical one, you know. She's thinking, wait, wait, who's going to do this? <laughs> She's thinking, wait, 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 if we do this, this means that we got to do that. She's the detail-oriented one. And, and in this moment, in John chapter 11, she's, she's sort of losing the forest for the trees, right? Jesus is going to raise her brother from the dead. And she's like, hold on, hold on, hold on. He's going to smell, though. Like, let's, let's just leave him dead, and we'll see him at the end of days. How about that? <laughs> but this is Martha. She's the kind of person who thinks about everything. Uh, so when she hears that Jesus is coming, she knows exactly what needs to be done from beginning to end. She has what you would call, what I like to call, the mama mentality, right? That's Martha. She's going to get it done. She's ambitious. She's confident. She's not afraid of conflict. She's very type A. She's the one who coined, you know, if you want something done right, do it yourself. She's also the one who coined, don't bring me problems, bring me solutions, right? That's Martha. And you notice in verse 38, it says that Martha welcomed Jesus into her house. This is Martha's house, okay? It's not Lazarus's house. It's not Mary's house. Martha evidently has the finances under control. She's making sure that they're not going to go broke. Martha is the one who's figured out how the family's going to survive. And that's a good thing. It's a good thing, okay? There are benefits to hanging out with Martha's, right? Right? Just ask Mary. Mary is sitting there in the living room uh, in Martha's home. And she's, you know, I, I don't know, she's, she's listening to Jesus, you know. Uh, she's, getting, she's able to spend time with Jesus. And this is all because Martha has provided the house and she's in, she is the one who's invited Jesus over. It's a real bonus for Mary that Martha made this possible. Right? That, that's Martha. Yeah. For all her abilities, though, and talent, Martha is not perfect. She's a little bit too detail-oriented. <laughs> she's a little, she gets a little bit caught up in the weeds a little too much. She can't 
let things go. She, she can be a little bit stubborn, and, and, and she's got to have it her way sometimes. Uh, how do we know this? Well, in verse 40, Martha is feeling overwhelmed with, with this entire event. So she walks up to Jesus, and she says, Jesus, do you not care about me? <laughs> right? do, you not, do you not care about me? Jesus in the, is in the midst of bringing people into the kingdom of heaven. Right? Uh, he's caring for people. And Martha says, Jesus, get it together, man. Right? We've got a dinner to feed everyone. And, and, and Jesus was, would probably say, yes, Martha, I do care. You know, I, I happen to create the, the heavens and the earth. And I'm on my way to Jerusalem to die for your sins. But thanks for inviting me into the home that I gave you. Right? That's what Jesus is thinking. And so Martha says, Jesus, if you care, tell Mary to help me. Right? It's, it's like a sibling fight that you know, I happen to sometimes get into. And they, uh, siblings sometimes, they, they like say, oh, this is a counseling. This is not a counseling. You do not need a pastor for this, all right? You know, y'all need to figure this out. Uh, but what is Martha doing? She's bossing around Jesus right now, okay? That's what you call a bad day, right? When you start bossing around God. She's saying, Jesus, don't you care? Man, if you just would, you know, I've got a plan, Jesus. If you would have just asked me what my plan was, I would have told you. And, you know, but you're sitting there with Mary and you're singing songs and you're praying. You know, who's going to feed all these people? Now, before we judge Martha, some of us have to look at the Martha within, right? Some of us are exactly Martha. It's, the comparison is uncanny. You're listening to this sermon and you're thinking, man, I, I didn't know I was in the Bible. <laughs> That's what you're thinking. That's so cool. Man, Martha is legit. You're type A, you're driven, you're ambitious, you're unsatisfied constantly, you're relentless, you're thinking ahead, you're, you're, you're more critical, you're impatient. Like, I get it. I totally get it. Right? I, I'm a Martha, okay? I'm an Enneagram 3. And if you go to the EnneagramInstitute.com, you know what the Enneagram Institute says about a 3? They says, I was reading this, and I was just like, you know, oh my gosh. Like, you know, it says that I'm goal-oriented, I'm driven, and I desire to excel at all things, okay? So, so... I mean, that's, that's a Martha. And so all, but for all the gifts and the talents that, that Marthas bring to the world, Marthas are not perfect. There's a lot of owning up we Marthas got to do, right? Here's a newsflash to you if you're a Martha. Your passion, your job, your priority list is not the most important thing in the world, all right? Okay? <laughs> You could go on a walk with your wife, okay? <laughs> All right? It's not even the most important thing on your own to-do list. You see, if you're Martha like me, you're probably gasping inside, right? You're probably, how dare you, right? How dare you, you know? But let me tell you this, Martha. Your email is not the most important email in the world, you know? Uh, your question is not the most important question right now. You know, as a Martha, you can get so lost in your priority list, your to-do list, your passion, 
in pursuit of that goal, we can lose sight of everything, right? Lose sight of everything. In our text today, what Jesus is telling Martha is that, Martha, your, your, your passion for productivity has become a distraction. You're losing the forest for the trees. And that's what, that's what Jesus says in verse 40. Jesus says, you know, Jesus, the Son of God is in her home, but Mar- it says Martha was distracted. Martha was distracted. Verse 41, Jesus says, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things. According to uh, a recent U.S. Census survey, um, America is the most overworked country in the world. Americans work more hours every week than any other nation on earth. Uh, We're also one of the most wealthiest countries in the world, but you know what? We are also the lowest on personal happiness. Now, that's got to make you think a little bit, right? Maybe those two are connected. We take our laptops on vacation if we go on vacation. We have our phones and our laptop connected at home into the night, even on our so-called days off. After dinner, you work some more. Your mind is consumed. You go to bed. You can't fall asleep because your mind is racing. Your heart is burdened. You're distracted, you're troubled, you're anxious. Work, 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 work. <laughs> right? What happens? It leads to all kinds of trouble. That's what Jesus says. Martha, you are troubled. Something is wrong with you. Stress, anxiety, bouts of anger, depression, poor relationships, No community, no friends, disengagement with the present, constant discontentment, high blood pressure, heart disease, insomnia. All of this is attributed because we are playing by Martha's rules. Right? We're we're jacked up on caffeine. We're tired. We're angry at our employees. We're angry at our family. We're angry at everyone. (laughs) Everyone needs to get their stuff together. Right, the barista, the waiter, okay, the person right here who brought their dog, and I don't know, the person with the baby cry. I mean, we're just angry. We're on edge, we're burnt out, but we can't stop working because somehow we're convinced that constant work is still the most important thing. So we can't stop working. This is the danger. Danger. Sorry about that. <laughs> get a little get, <laughs> danger. <laughs> Uh, I'm, mad at my, I'm mad at myself, all right? <laughs> you know what's funny, though? Is I, I, I knew that I had the potential to go off script, so I wrote all this in, okay? Because I could go off on a riff right now. If you're in my community group, you're like, oh, man, Rich, Rich, please. Stop. This is the danger for Martha's. So what does Jesus say to Martha in the end? He says, Martha, Martha, one thing is necessary Mary has chosen the good portion which will not be taken away from her. Now, I want you to know this. If you're a Martha, you can be proud of being a Martha, all right? Like, be proud. That is how God made you. But also understand that you're not perfect. 
and that you're, that you're a sinner, that you have your own desires, and, 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 and you, you, you can get selfish. But at the same time, Jesus still loves you because this, this, this term, Martha, Martha, it's, it's, a, it's a phrase of endearment. He's not like angry at her. He's, he's worried about her. Jesus loves Martha. He, he, he misses her, you know? Martha, where you been? Martha, you're so busy. You know, Martha, just, just think this through with me here. You know, you're, you're grumpy. You know, do, do you know that? You're kind of grumpy, Martha. You're, you're, you're grouchy, you know? I know you always got another fish to fry, and you've got ten pans, and, you're, you know, you, you get in together. You're, you're, you're doing the stuff, but just, just how about this, Martha? Let's just start with this. How about you just spend some time with me? Can you do that? I miss you. Can we talk? Can you let me into your heart? You know, you don't have to get angry at everyone else. You can, you can just dump it on me. Let me untangle it. And I think, friends, uh, what this text is very simple. What it's simply saying is, you know, Jesus simply misses you. That's all. You know, he just wants to spend time with you because he loves you. He wants you to let him into your heart and into your schedule, your worries and, and your insecurities, your brokenness. And then, and then when you do that, you're going to find that, that he is not only necessary, but he is what Jesus calls himself here, the good portion. Okay, what, what does that mean, the good portion? Well, this brings us to our last point, Mary. Verse 39, it says that Martha had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. So the first thing we learn here, okay, so we got to learn this, all right? Um, just because you're not a Martha, that does not automatically make you a Mary, okay? Because Mary is not playing the we here, you know what I'm saying? Uh, she's not watching uh, Sports Center for the 10th time. You know, she, she's not just rolling around in bed or pretending like she's busy. Oh, no, Martha, I've got things to do. No, that's not Mary, okay? Mary's not lazy. She's not irresponsible. No, she is passionate, and she is ambitious. If you've read John chapter 12, Mary took, she took her expensive ointment that was worth a year's worth of salary, and she poured it on Jesus' feet as a last act of worship before his death, okay? Mary is, is she is amazing. She is extremely proactive, but it's not for her list of things, it's for Jesus. She loves Jesus. She, she just wants to spend time with Jesus. She wants to, man, she just wants to be around him. Let me read verse 42 again, right? Jesus, in speaking of Mary to Martha, says, One thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion which will not be taken away from her. In other words, Jesus is saying, Martha, you could take everything on your to-do list, and they're still not as important as spending one minute with me. true and jesus word choice here portion it's a strange choice of words isn't it like who says that you know say like, hey you know like you're missing out no he's like you're you know i'm the good portion it's like well who, are we gonna eat you or something <laughs> what are you talking about man he's using a word play here with this word portion because what, what's martha been doing martha has been slaving away in the kitchen creating a meal She's going to serve Jesus the good portion, right? He gets the biggest piece of steak. You know, people are probably, man, why does Jesus always get the ribeye? And I want some ribeye. He's like, no, he's God. He gets the ribeye, and he gets the biggest <laughs> slice of cake. That, that's, that's how it works. But what is Jesus telling Martha? Jesus is saying, Martha, you are trying to give me the good portion, 
But you and I, we're on different levels. I'm going to give Mary something that no one can cook up. She's getting the best feast right now because one does not live on bread alone, but every word that proceeds from God. Mary is spending time with me, and I am feeding her soul. I am transforming her. Isn't that crazy? When you think about change, it's so hard. And the only way a person can change is if you sit and spend time with Jesus and allow him to transform you, to feed your soul the good portion. That's what Jesus is talking about. Because, you know, when you spend time with Jesus, I don't know about you, but when I spend time with Jesus, man, it's like the scales fall off, you know? I don't feel so anxious. I don't have to respond to that email. I don't need to, you know, I don't need to mention this in my meetings with Harry, or I don't need to talk about this anymore with my wife. You know, like, we could just, we could just enjoy this moment. It's like, it's like you've seen the light, and, and, you've, and everything just kind of, like, prioritizes, you know? Whatever mattered so much doesn't matter as much anymore. Whatever made you anxious before really doesn't make you as anxious anymore. And in our day and age, friends, what this looks like is you got to carve time out in the morning or in the afternoon or in the evening to, to listen to the Word of God. Right? Because outside of that, you are listening to someone. You're listening to yourself in your head or you're listening to whatever is on social media, or you listen to your employees talking about their own desires and their own goals, and if you're not listening to Jesus, all of that is going to make you anxious. All of that is going to cause some trouble. What this means is going to church, right? Being part of a community, uh, being part of a community group with people who annoy you, but still are about this life that are about being in the light and not in the darkness. It's about having a heart that prioritizes, like, I need Jesus, right? It's saying, more than whatever I've got, I need Jesus. I need him to fill my cup, right? I need to fill my cup so that I can live a life of love. You know, deep down in this contrast between Martha and Mary is something deeply existential, something that everyone is getting to, right? Like, uh, I was listening to this podcast, and, you know, she was, she's a serial entrepreneur, very famous, um, and she got this uh, residency at Disney Imagineering. Um, and, and when you get that residency, you can do whatever the heck you want. They just give you money, be like, you know, you're successful, choose your own project. And do you know what she has chosen? She's chosen the answer to this problem in our text. Something deeply existential between living as Martha and living as Mary. Her residency is about finding happiness. Right? She's busy, she's anxious, she's successful, and she says, but I'm not happy. So I'm going to use this time at Disney to find out what makes people happy. Think about it for yourself. When you think about your own busyness, about your own anxiety and your own stress and your own discontentment and your own sort of disengagement with the present, you know? Where does that come from? Where does that come from? And Jesus comes out and he says it. 
He says, the difference between Martha and Mary are the priorities. It's not that Martha is all wrong or all bad. It's not a sin to be productive, right? But it is a sin to pursue productivity at the cost of neglecting our relationship with Jesus. You see, the distinction is that Martha had the good things first, but Jesus, the necessary thing, last. And the consequence for Martha was a very shallow peace, a joy that can get knocked off with someone cutting them off on the road, a shallow service that was more out of bitterness and resentment, a shallow faith. But let me be the first one to go here, okay? This is a struggle for me every day, all right? I'm a Martha, right? Um, at the previous church plant I was at, I worked two years straight without taking a day off. I didn't take Mondays off. I didn't take Saturdays off. I didn't take Sundays off. I was the Sunday ops leader. I was the welcome team leader, the compassion team leader, uh, the men's ministry leader. I was the church admin. I coached eighth grade basketball, and then I mentored on the side. You know, I would, on Sunday, I would bring the church signs. I would pick up donuts and coffee. I'd have toys for the nursery. I would lead morning meetings. I would lead worship, preach a sermon, counsel people afterwards, invite people over for dinner, hang out. Sunday to Sunday for two straight years, it was insane. You see, I lived under the myth that if I just kept punching out my Martha list, then eventually things would get done and things would get better. My heart would be at peace. But I was exhausted. I wanted to quit. Jen knew that I was grumpy and grunt, like just grouchy all day. I was, like Martha, distracted, anxious, and troubled. But God in his providence allowed me to feel a little pain of my folly and make some corrections in my life and habits and patterns and rhythms. I ended up getting shingles. Uh, typically, shingles comes when you're above 55 and your immune system breaks down. But I was going so hard, my immune system broke down at 30. And, I, and I, it was right in my lower back. It's a nerve thing. I couldn't even get up from bed. And the, when I went in to go there to see the doctor, the doctor literally told me, you need to chill out. <laughs> That's what the doctor said. I'm like, doctor, what do I, what's going on? He's like, no, no, you're the problem. <laughs> I'm like, I'm the problem. What do you mean by that? He's like, you're working too hard. And I'm not only a Martha, but Jen is also somewhat of a Martha too. We're both Martha. We love getting things done, man. That's how we like to roll. And constantly, I have to apologize to Jen because, you know, I have to constantly tell, honey, I'm a Martha, you're a Martha. You know what that means? That means that we got two gas pedals, no brake. We go fast. It's, it's exciting. But you know what happens at the end? Everyone dies. So I'm sorry. And I'm sorry I didn't care for you. I'm sorry I didn't make you laugh this week. I'm sorry I didn't ask you how you were doing, how work was. I'm sorry I didn't read the Bible and pray with you constantly do that at least at least once a week now i'm not great at being a mary yet but by god's grace i'm getting that i take mondays off right but don't don't mess with me you will get a response okay <laughs> all right I'm like sorry it's my sorry man monday's off and then it's like, They're like whoa right you see through the years though i notice a difference when i do spend time in prayer and 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 and, and listening to the wisdom of god and and, and, and how my day gets colored from that. 
I have a peace and a calm and an attentive to, to, to the right priorities. And I do not feel defeated. I don't feel anxious when my list isn't completed. No, I have faith. I have faith that even though I am a fool, that God is going to show me grace and he's not going to let that one come back and bite me. <laughs> I'm learning that if I don't sit at the feet of Jesus and I'm neglecting my own heart and my family, it, it, it's, it's, it's a disservice to God. It's a disservice to you. I'm not properly modeling to you a merry life. So I need to constantly slow my day down, right? I have lots of uh, Martha friends, right? Threes kind of attract threes, and um, I just tell them, you know, they, they understand the struggle, and we talk a lot about it. I say, look, first faithful, then productive. That's all. You can get as much work as you want, but first be faithful, then productive. Friends, you know, we're all like more, more like Martha than, than we think. We are, a lot of us are not like Mary. And Jesus is just saying, hey, let, let me fill your cup today. Let me, let, me, let, me be, let me be the source of your joy. Let me give you grace. Let me give you peace. Give that a shot. And then live out of that. You know, we're going to take some time uh, to respond to the sermon. And, you know, I thought it would just be a great transition if I just kind of like led us into communion. You know, and we'd come to God and we would confess that we say we are crazy busy, but in reality, we are distracted, we are anxious, we are troubled. We are concerned about many things, and we have not chosen the good portion. We have not allowed God to be God. We have liked the gifts more than the giver. We think we're going to be full. Just look past your life and all the goals that you have accomplished. Has any of those given you that contentment? It, it means something that only God can give you the good portion. Only God can feed your soul. Be productive. But first be faithful. So we're going to come to the table today. Um, and Jesus gives you grace. You know, he's not here to shame you. He's not here to guilt trip you. He's here to give you grace. On the night that Jesus was betrayed, you know, he was with his disciples. And this was a hodgepodge of threes. Nines, twos, fours, eights, ones. Did I miss any five, six, seven? Okay. <laughs> and what did he do? He said, y'all are going to need a lot of grace. On the night he was betrayed, he took bread and he gave thanks and he broke it. And he said, this is my body broken for you. Remember that. Remember that, that I died for your sins and you need it. So friends, the body of Christ broken for you. Take and eat. In the same way, Jesus took a cup and he gave thanks and he said, this is my blood of the covenant which is poured out for the many, uh, for the forgiveness of sins. And as often as you drink, do this in remembrance of me. Friends, the blood of Christ shed for you. Take and drink.